Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Monday, October 16th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden reportedly considering a visit to Israel. This is in a show of solidarity as the world is bracing for that Israeli ground invasion in Gaza. Death toll on both sides has surpassed 4,000, at least 199 people being held hostage in Gaza. The U.S. death toll has risen to 30. The State Department says at least 13 Americans remain missing. All right. So before we start the show today, for those of you who are in the YouTube world, you can listen to the show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, there was some sort of act of sabotage on Friday. I don't know if it was the Indiana Republican Party or what, but you cannot see us again. At least you're getting screwed this time, Casey. It's not just me. Both of us <laughs> are unable to be seen. There was some act of international uh, terrorism that took place on our YouTube cameras. And so uh, you can hear the show, but mm-hmm. if you can't see us, and thankfully the YouTube chat is up so everyone can tell us how our show is ruining their life. So the people will still be able to correspond with each other. But if you're not seeing us, don't panic. Hopefully it'll be fixed at some point today. Mm-hmm. All right. What were you saying? Sorry, that's been on my mind for about the. I got a text last night. They're like, uh, this. <laughs> This is Sports Sweet Allison sent this to me. And I guess they were like doing rock, paper, scissors on who had to tell who Rob. Who to tell Rob? Because I got this at like 10 p.m. She's like, hey, just wanted to let you know. <laughs> and you know what have been weighing on her all weekend? Some, somehow poor. Why didn't you do it, Kevin? You knew about it. Why did you make Allison do it? Wait, what are you talking about? Allison sent me the text and it was just this like, if Allison had been here in person, it would have been like, Rob. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, but the YouTube cameras are not working. Like, why didn't you do this? I told you this morning. Yes, right before. And this is why Allison texted me last night at 10 p.m. because she knew that you would wait until right before we went on the air and I would blow a gasket. I came in early to check it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you got to blame somebody, so just blame me. Okay, so point on all of this is uh, I'm not going to... I don't believe it was an act of sabotage from inside the building, unlike last time. I'm, I'm thinking some outside agent of mm-hmm. uh, chaos and destruction, you know, weighed in on this one. I don't so. even think this was operator error, Rob. <laughs> this was just a computer update. Yeah, the computer update, the machine crapped out, and the cameras uh, aren't okay. Technology's in your way. So our world is burning. The Middle East is burning. What What's going on, Casey? What, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Joe Biden reportedly considering a visit oh, to Israel. Oh, great. And Show of solidarity. Yeah, perfect. That'll be fabulous. Uh, Nothing says fixing, fixing an international uh, looming war like sending Joe Biden in uh, to try to intervene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our Secretary of State has been there. It's his second visit, less than a week. 
All right, so the new thing, Casey, you, yeah. you like me, are a little more seasoned than Kevin. So, um, <laughs> let's see. You, you would have been, what would you have been in 2003, Kev? You would have been eight-ish. You probably don't remember this, but there was it eight? Would you have been yeah. eight in 2003? So, remember in 2003 or 2002, in the wake of 9-11, where every week there was some color-coded yes. light based on the government would come out there would they like they would stop i remember this i remember being at indiana state and my grandparents every day of their life watched the young and the restless like it was whatever you were doing grandpa was cutting the grass grandma was at the bingo hall whatever was going on they would stop they would come home they would sit in the living room they would sit in the same two spots for 40 plus years and watch the young and the restless and i remember this they that they would stop in the middle of the day, there would be some press conference. It would be at the State Department podium. Mm -hmm. There would be some high-paid bureaucrat sitting there telling you what level today or this week the light was based on the terrorism, mm -hmm. the likely outcome of terrorism. Red was... No just go. Get, get in the bunker shelter yeah. and the world's going to end. Orange was... Highly likely. Yellow was caution. Of course, this was... I'm not going to say... I'm not going to use the words fear-mongering to get you to support the Iraq war, but I'm not sure how to do that, this segment, without saying fear-mongering to get you to support the Iraq war. And, of course, no act of terrorism of any large scale actually happened. This, in this country, is starting to feel a lot like that, Casey. Well, at least with the colors, you kind of knew what they stood for, very much like the stoplight. Green means go, red means stop. But now they've taken the colors away, and they're using numbers and right now the u.s state department urging america is it a 10 scale it's one through five. Oh, it's a five scale and is we're five on, the worst we're yes we're on three right now so five is really bad mm -hmm. uh five is the new red mm -hmm. we're at three right now so uh joe wilson who is i just thought this was interesting over the weekend it seemed to be a lot of people like talking about how terror is imminent mm -hmm. and representative u.s representative joe wilson says casey there's never been a greater risk of an imminent attack than there is today uh, and just very quickly what about the domestic threat to the united states here and violence within the u.s the possibility of okay well, Rich, I uh, over 110 times on the House floor have uh, warned mm -hmm. that the global war on terrorism is not over, uh, that it's actually moving from the appeasement uh, in Afghanistan to come to America to uh, affect American families. And uh, we've never been at greater risk of an imminent attack than we are today in the history yeah. of our country. Okay, so Joe Wilson is 9 million years old. Uh, he has been there since the earth was young. I was a, I was a junior in high school when he was elected to the U.S. House. So it's the same stuff from the same people. Mm -hmm. And look, put it up there and tell people what it is and what we need to look out for and who we need to look out for or shut up. Okay, so the travel advisory for Israel right now is a level three, which means you should reconsider travel due to terrorism and civil unrest. Who's going to Israel right now? You mean to tell me there are people who are actively, I'm not talking about the Congress guy who's flying in to get people out. Right. There are people who Besides are like- Besides Ron DeSantis and his empty plane. We have a vacation, honey, and- Let's go. We're not going to let a, an attack from Hamas. Yeah. Who are people that are going to Israel? Yeah, you might want to rethink that at this point. But uh, to Joe Wilson's point- could it be the six million mostly unvetted migrants that have crossed our southern border that is giving him the willies? So I love this. So Chris Christopher Ray, who is the FBI director, gave some speech over the weekend, or maybe it was Friday, and 
he acknowledges, hey, there's been an increase of reported threats. And here is my observation on this. Well, let's let's play what he had to say first. Okay. We remain committed to continue confronting those threats, both here in the United States and overseas. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for lone actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. Now, it's just killing him and Biden to say the likely culprits now are not white conservative males. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's killing them that they can't say that because that was their you know thing. The narrative, the, sure. The greatest threat. Remember, like, this is under Biden where the greatest threat of terror is not these people who are actually doing the terror, but rather white conservative uh, males. And Casey, maybe, maybe, and just hear me out on this, okay? Because you know me, I'm a radical right winger, so you're the voice of reason. But I I thought about this over the weekend. Maybe, just maybe, Mm -hmm. if the FBI and the CIA and all the other intelligence organizations hadn't spent so much time investigating peaceful protesters <laughs> and parents who go to school board meetings, mm-hmm. maybe they'd be further ahead yeah. on catching these people who are, according to Joe Wilson, imminent threats to the country. Imminent threats. Not only that, but maybe if they hadn't spent so much time uh, going after Donald Trump and spending a little bit more time on the 150,000 gotaways at the border, they'd have a better handle on all of this. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, mm-hmm. John Kirby, he's a Biden spokesman. He, uh, he, well, he was very uplifting over the weekend. He said there are no concrete plans to um, send in U.S. troops to get Americans back from Hamas. Uh, Jake Sullivan, who's the national security advisor, he was all wishy-washy. Look, if you got a loved one that was taken by Hamas, good luck. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has announced deployment of a second aircraft carrier group. And they're sending the Dwight Eisenhower. It's going to join the massive Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier in eastern Mediterranean. Uh, so over the weekend, look, if you uh, hopefully it's no one hearing our, our voice, but clearly there are people who are now grappling with the fact that they have loved ones who are being held hostage by terrorists, right? I mean, that's just a very stark reality that's Mm -hmm. hitting people in the face every single day. And, you know, we talked about this on Friday because we, you know, that's what we do here. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The reality is the the, the odds are not great that that person's going to be returned to you safely because and Israel has to do this. Israel can no longer negotiate peace. Israel can no longer prisoner swap. Israel has the ability to put an end to this for the, to the foreseeable future. They have to do it. And I think it's just a recognition, recognizing mm-hmm. that 
you've got a loved one who's in a very bad situation right now. And unfortunately now when you say prisoner swap, you're thinking, oh, how much is that going to cost? Right. Oh, yeah. It's money. There's always mm-hmm. money, right? But yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Biden's in a position where even he knows he can't get away with giving money or anything. They, they've got to just let Israel demolish Palestine where they know Hamas is to the ground. So, and so John Kirby, who's a Biden spokesman, was on one of the talk shows over the weekend and said there is no plan to send U.S. troops in to get these Americans back. Would we have U.S. boots on the ground for that or any other operation you can see? So let me take this in chunks. There's no plans or intentions to put U.S. troops on the ground to fight in this uh, fight between but Israel to and Hamas. We are actively trying to find out exactly where they are. I mean, Shannon, we don't even know how many exactly. We saw a small handful we know, but there could be more than we know. They could be in different groups. They could be moved around. Um, I think you can understand, I hope everybody can understand that we're gonna be careful about what we say publicly about our efforts to get those hostages home. Secretary Blinken's in the region right now, traveling around, this is high on his agenda. I can tell you we're working this literally by the hour, but we're not gonna get ahead of where we are in terms of policy options since we don't have necessarily all the information we need to try to get them home. Okay, so Operation Promised Land rescued 270 Americans from Israel, but they were rescued from Israel not from Gaza, sure. where many of these people are being. Well, hit. kudos, you know, that, that U.S. rep who flew over there, who mm-hmm. had the, you know, military background. Corey Mills. Yes, kudos to him. And then I know DeSantis has been trying to, to help and get, I mean, but look, if you have someone who is, this is not a traditional, this is not Brittany Griner here, right? I mean, you've got terrorists, legitimate terrorists, they're, they're uh, you know, holding Americans hostage. They know Israel is coming in. It's just not. I mean, it's a very, very, very bleak position to be in if you have a loved one over there. Yeah. So the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, says that they're actively working to determine the fate of the people that were taken by Hamas. So, Jake, let's just dive right in. Overnight, the State Department confirmed the deaths of 29 U.S. citizens in this conflict. Can the U.S. say whether any U.S. citizens have been killed inside Gaza? We can't confirm that at that at this time, Kristen, but uh, we are working actively uh, to determine the fate of Americans in Gaza, both those being held hostage. And we are also working actively to try to help American citizens who want to leave Gaza have safe passage out through the border crossing with Egypt. Uh, it has been difficult to execute that operation to, to facilitate their passage out. We are continuing to work that, and President Biden has put a team on it around the clock because it's a high priority for us to be able to get American citizens out of Gaza. It is also his highest priority to secure the safe return of those Americans being held hostage by the brutal and vicious terrorist group Hamas. And we are working multiple angles to try to make that happen, but I'm cautious about about what I can say publicly on it. Okay, so Biden was supposed to go to Colorado today, but he has postponed that trip and he's going to stay in Washington and, quote, focus on the growing conflict. And guess what? Believe it or not, they're polling this already, Rob. Oh, of course. Yes, we know how people feel about this. 52% said they disapprove of Biden's handling of this conflict. Uh From CNN, 71% call Israel's defensive war justified. And from the Washington Post, 78% 
says uh, that U.S. support for Israel is appropriate. So this is the big problem that we've talked about this since this started. The huge problem Biden has is that the maniac base of the Democrat Party, as we saw in Monument Circle, Mm -hmm. is totally against Israel. They're totally against Israel defending itself. In many, many cases, there are people who are totally fine if Jews are slaughtered in mass. And that is the base. That is the college campus radicals. That is the squad the, the, the squad people. That is the BLM people. And that is who Joe Biden is beholden to. And I think you're going to see a real fracture over this because as you're reporting, mm-hmm. and no surprise, polling overwhelmingly shows, including a big portion of not the base of the Democrat Party, but kind of traditional Democrats, even traditional liberal Democrats, that totally not where the maniacs are. Yeah, Uh, they're loud, uh, but they're still a small minority. Those that are, I don't know who or why, but are... Uh Pro Hamas. All right, let's take a break, Casey. Mm-hmm. When we come back, I have some, and gosh, this just, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get through this next segment. <laughs> my, my, 2% pence? My pence is almost out of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 934. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So let's talk about Mike Pence. His presidential campaign running out of money. What? Yeah, they're running on fumes. Oh, no. They have uh, only $1.2 million cash on hand. Now I know you're you're thinking $1.2 million. Well, yeah. g- Give me some of that. Sure. That doesn't sound like nothing. Well, he's more than $600,000 in debt, and $1.2 million is really not enough to run a presidential campaign. Yeah, so Politico had a big expose on this. Actually, Adam Wren, who lives here in Indiana and is following uh, Pence around in Iowa, had the, the reporting on this. And... This is a stag. Look, the debt is not staggering. This happens all the time in campaigns. And what that means is, and I'm not saying this is specifically Pence, but it's, hey, whatever the vendor is, I'm running for president. You know me. I need this cash for the next blah, blah, blah. In order to do business with us, you have to give us a grace period in order to be able to pay you. So it's not the debt that is staggering. $600,000 for a presidential campaign. It's not great, but it's not bad. The low amount of money to Mm -hmm. which he has raised to only have $1.2 million Mm -hmm. cash on hand Mm -hmm. is a resounding rejection of Mike Pence by the donors donors and really by the Indiana Republican Party. Because as Holcomb and Hupfer, hell, Casey... They raised a million, what was it, a million dollars to get rid of John Jacob and Kurt Nicely last year in two meaningless state house races yep. in a primary. Yeah. It wasn't even Republican or Democrat. And those guys went out and got a, got a, you know, a million bucks to get rid of them. It is embarrassing and pathetic that Mike Pence has had so little uh, success in getting, well, remember, he almost didn't qualify for the one debate. Well, and there's questions about whether he has an, uh, amassed enough donors to qualify for the third debate oh, in Miami. No, Mike Pence might not qualify for the next debate. Yeah, it really oh, reflects no. the uh, lack of traction that he's really not gaining. Well, look, Mike Pence, and we've talked about this before, Mike Pence was always an idea. Mike Pence was never an actual accomplishment, he was always an idea. He was the political version of American greed, where you saw him and he was so good 
at the speeches. He was so good at the rhetoric that you had to look really close. And certainly in a pre-Trump era where many people were not doing this, would see him and go, oh, yeah, he's for blah, blah, blah. But then you'd raise your hand and go, but wait a second, his actual voting record, his actual legislating record as a governor doesn't match up with an overwhelming majority of these things. Mm -hmm. And so once he hitched himself to Trump, which he had to do because he was about to get his ass kicked by John Gregg in his reelection bid, he had no choice. He, He totally made the right political move. Then he boxed himself in because he had aligned himself with Trump. But then once he saw the Trump ship was sinking, he tried to hop off. Mm -hmm. But the problem is in the Republican primary, the Trump ship has not sunk. Mike Pence is always the Pence family are always pivoting to the next grift. And to Pence, he believed because he's from traditional politics at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, oh, people are going to see this behavior from Trump and this will be the end of Trump and I've got to get off of this ship before it... He thought it was a sinking ship, but it's not. Right, and so now, because because as Mike Pence has always been, he's wholly political and a complete and utter grifter. He has no chance. He made his bed. It's hilarious to finally see him get his comeuppance because he's been pulling this crap for 20 plus years and I can't think of anything that makes me more happy because it is so rare people get what they deserve in politics, but he is getting what he deserves. I think another interesting thing that was pointed out in this article, it was that he gave himself $150,000 salary, Yeah, well, which is y- y- yeah, a little he lo- high. He loaned his, mm-hmm. yeah, he loaned his campaign $150,000, which Mike Pence, by political standards, by Dianne Feinstein standards, is not wealthy. Now, he's not in need of a soup kitchen for his next meal and he's not going to be spending the night at the Salvation Army but he's not super rich and so what will be interesting I know I know we've got to get to a break here in just a second but what will be interesting is typically in campaigns they'll have what they call debt retirement fundraisers so like if you know you're not going to win this is typically why people will endorse someone else. Hey, I'm going to endorse Ron DeSantis. And in exchange, Ron DeSantis will do three fundraisers to help me retire the debt. I'm not sure anybody's going to help Mike Pence out because he's such a complete toxin in the Republican Party now. And so it'll be very interesting to see how long it actually takes Mike Pence to pay off his debt. And based on the behavior of his brother, Greggy, mm-hmm. and you remember Kill Brothers Oil Company, mm-hmm. the Pence family has no problem leaving people holding the bag. All right, Micah Beckwith is going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whip it good. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It is the Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the 
IBC Hotline. He is the last man in the state of Indiana. Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, you and I went to that Indiana Family Institute uh, dinner over the weekend. And I got to say, I'm pretty proud of myself. I only got into one altercation with a disgruntled listener slash hater. I thought I did pretty well. You you held your own very well. You were very... um... Uh, you were very civilized. I think that's a good word to use. You looked nice. You wore pants, which was I was impressed. <laughs> so, <laughs> congratulations! You had on pants. Very low bar. Casey. Wait a minute! Wait a minute, Micah. We need to back up. And since Rob is not spilling the tea, I'm going to leave it on you. What are you guys talking about? What happened? Yeah, good. No, well, so the Indiana Family Institute had a uh, their annual dinner, mm-hmm. uh, and they bring out legislators. IFI works with. Uh, with lawmakers to push faith and family policy uh, down at the state house, and they do a lot of really good work. And so they just recognize the lawmakers that have done that have done well, and uh, and then it's just kind of the initiatives going forward. Like next year, what are we working on? And I I work with the Hoosier Leadership Series. That's part of IFI's uh, training up initiatives. We equip next generation uh, leaders in the state uh, to to go on and and you know take the conservative mantle and actually be effective in pushing that that policy uh, agenda so so that's what that was and and rob was there uh, his his lovely uh uh wife uh gabby was there and so then we uh had a great time and and i do want to highlight real quick if i can um they, they they highlighted legislators but one of them was larissa sweet and she she's the one that got the funding uh or the, the the defunding of the kinsey institute last year uh through through the legislative process and she took a lot of heat from republicans when that happened but but she was she was recognized for that i mean the kinsey institute is a terrible terrible thing and she got taxpayer dollars to to stop being paid towards the kinsey institute so okay. well done to larissa so here's what happened casey i'm minding my own business i'm saying hi to various people mm-hmm. i would say it's probably 80 percent of the people in that room love me 20 percent would light me on fire okay because they're mad. mike is this fair they get mad because i'm fair and go after everybody who needs to be gone after and they've got some people on their team who are egregious on the spending stuff and they don't like that i'm mean to them is that fair i think that's absolutely fair that's right okay so i'm being nice to everybody i'm you know talking to everybody we're having a good time and somebody calls me over to their table yeah i go over to the table i'm engaged in that person and that person alone then there's another person at the table that wanted to say hello i'm engaged with that person there's somebody at the table who their wife is very disingenuous and claims to be this big conservative and then flapped her gums all over social media about how much she loved holcomb in 2020 I, of course, wasn't having any of that. I told her what I thought of her. She got mad. And instead of just being an adult and having a conversation, she blocked me. And so I'm at this table. I'm not talking to this guy. I'm not, you know, anything of this guy. I see him. Mm-hmm. I just give a casual kind of like a wave, hello, whatever. I'm try- For once, Casey, I'm trying not to be a jerk. Right. And he goes, just keep on moving. Oh, no. <laughs> like, so what am I doing, supposed to do at this point? I'm here representing Micah and the church because Life Church had the table. Uh-huh. Every instinct... In my body <laughs> is to turn around and get and, in his and face. Just, just have, just let's okay. Let's do it. Let's talk about who your wife is in front of everyone, and let's talk about who you are in front of everyone. But I kept on moving, Casey. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm not proud of me. Well, it hurt, didn't it? You so were going against your nature. Because he deserves to be told in front of everyone who he is and who his wife is and how pathetic it is that you people need to be liked by the Republicans so bad that you'll carry the water for Holcomb. But no, I, as I always do, I took the uh, the, uh, the high road. 
You must have you been so proud, Micah. God is working on your heart, Rob. Well done, buddy. Aww, well done. Were you so proud of him? <laughs> I was I was very proud of him. I was proud, but, but, you know, that's a good point, what you said earlier, Rob. Like The, the problem with the Republican Party, uh, and we were talking to a legislator afterwards, and she said the same thing, uh, is that, they they see themselves as a family, and it's and it's that's that's a problem. Like you're not family. You're you're in politics. This isn't your family. These are people that you are maybe partnering with to to push legislative agendas down the road. But but they see it as family. So the moment you criticize one of their family members, they get so disgruntled with you because you've just now you just now offended them because because you've gone after their family, and that's. That's actually a problem. Like, we got to remember that this isn't family. This is politics. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we've got to push the agenda first. We've got to stand for truth first. And sometimes our Republican legislators are not doing that. Or they're afraid to do that. And we need to be able to call them out, pound the table, and say, hey, let's fix this. Because if you can't do that, you're not going to have a good uh, winning record. And, and that's the problem that I see in the Republican Party. All right, Micah Beckwith, our guest. Okay, Micah, you are my pastor, but yet when I we uh... – called you during the break the first words out of your mouth are i can't wait to talk about the speaker so i can stuff it in your face and tell you how wrong you were mm-hmm. oh gee pastor would you please pray for me and my family uh, <laughs> what? hey what? this is politics you're not my family so uh... oh, okay so so uh, you the you somehow i'm all wrong in all of this i i don't understand what you wanted mccarthy you're mad that i supported gates to get rid of mccarthy i mean i know you love jim banks who voted for McCarthy 15 times. So, like, what? how am I the bad guy in all of this here, Micah? What what I do? You're not the bad guy. But what I said was it was very risky to remove McCarthy. McCarthy wasn't perfect, but I think McCarthy was doing a decent job of holding the just the wide swath of ideas and ideology in the Republican Party together. But what you, no, wait, time, time, time out real quick. Oh, oh. What, what, what has he done? What, what did he do? What? Well, like, I think like, look at the rules changes first and foremost, and look at who he put on like the ju- the judiciary committees and the rules committees. I mean, he was putting people like Thomas Massey, who I love, uh, in positions of leadership, and he put Jim Jordan in positions of leadership. I mean, he was he was throwing uh, bones to to the conservatives in ways that we actually haven't seen for years, and so. I'm not saying that legislatively he was knocking out of the park, but what I was saying was he was putting conservatives in places of influence that typically doesn't happen when you get a rhino in there. They try to keep the conservatives in a corner and say, you stay over there and you know you can, you can have a talking uh, point here now and again, but we're not going to give you any actual authority. He did do that. And he also allowed the, the, the rules changes to be um, – for the speaker to be uh, uh, recalled if, you know, just one person wanted to object. And so, so that was, I would say he was, he was trying to bring the whole party together and de- doing a decent job, even though I'm not a McCarthy, you know, fanboy, I just, I was like, okay, it's hard. This is like herding cats. This is not the Democrat party where they just do whatever leadership tells them to do. Cause they can't think for themselves. This is, you know, don't tread on me, conservatives and Republicans. They're, it's hard to lead a caucus like that. And so, but let me just say this, I, if we get Jim Jordan, which it looks like there's a good chance we might get Jim Jordan, if we get Jim Jordan, then I I think the risk worked. I think that's a great thing, don't you? I mean, would you be opposed to Jim Jordan as Speaker Rob well, Kendall? But, but okay, two things. One, I supported. Uh, me thinks you don't know what fanboy means, but that's another conversation for another time. Uh, I was the one who supported Matt Gates getting rid of 
McCarthy, and I was told by Jim Banks and Bouchon and professional office hopper Aaron Houchin and the rest of the Good Time Fun Gang that I was some radical extremist who was an idiot. I mean, so you're agreeing with me, right, that it, that we were right to get rid of McCarthy if it's Jim Jordan? Uh, if it's Jim Jordan, I think the, the risk, it was really risky, though. And that's the thing, because right now we have all the outbreak in Israel, the media saying Republicans can't govern, uh, and there's no speaker that can that can walk us through wartime scenarios now. And so I, I'm just saying it was risky. I'm not saying that so you I was were right. wrong. McCarthy had to go because he wasn't doing what he should do on the debt and being willing to shut down the government. I think he should have he should have shut down the government. Uh, we've got to get this debt under control. But it was risky. It was very risky. Yeah, and I was so, right. But I was but I was right. It doesn't matter whether it was risky. I was right. And by the way, you you and I disagree on this. I would be fine if for six months the House of Representatives went away. I mean, we talked about this, Casey. I would be 100% fine. Well, Chuck Schumer is now going out there saying, we're not going to wait for the House of Representatives. The Senate's going to pass more bipartisan bills, and they're going to send money anyway. This is my point. Like, I want people to see how little their government actually matters. You you and I disagree, Mike. I'd be fine if it's not Jim Jordan, if it's not Cab Calloway, if it's not uh, Minnie the Moocher, if it's uh, none of them. I'd be fine. I would be 100% fine if there was no House of Representatives for six months so people would see how little they need their government. I don't disagree with you on that. I, I've never disagreed with you on that. I think the government shutdowns are this uh, boogeyman that the media and the left like to portray. Like, oh, my gosh, like everything's going to fall apart if the federal government goes away for, for a time. No, we're, we're a compound republic. We've got many republics. We've got a state republic, county republics, city republics. Our, our nation is going to be just fine. Uh, no, and I'm not worried about the, the shutdown. But I, I think it's – I'm looking at it from politically. Like the left will use it against – Republicans all the time, and unless you have bold leaders stand up and say, listen, we're not going to play this game with the left. We don't need to be scared of a government shutdown. We need to balance the debt uh, the budget and, and get our debt under control because that's really the real monster in the room, and if we don't take care of that first, then we won't have a republic. Uh, our dollar will crumble right right before our eyes. So the takeaway is I was right, Casey. Well, I mean, the thing is they left on Friday without having a speaker, and then they said go home for the weekend. We're not going to vote on this on Saturday. We're not going to do anything on Sunday. And lo and behold, they're not going to do anything today either. Just a more opportunity for backdoor dealings. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's how Washington works. Unfortunately, it's all backdoor dealings, and and unless you get you know an honest, uh, bold leader like a Jim Jordan at the helm, I, I don't think you're going to see that rooted out. And that's always going to be a battle. I mean, that's that's politics. Go all the way back to the Mesopotamians and the Greeks and the Romans. I mean, they that's that's politics one on one. I mean, they, there's going to be backdoor dealings, and and I don't like that system, but uh, that is sort of this the world of of uh, fallen men trying to govern, and and so we've got to we've got to understand that we've got to learn how to play and be as true as snakes but as innocent as doves is what scripture tells us this was a great segment we started out by saying how much i've grown as a human being that i mm-hmm. didn't thoroughly embarrass that old man at the ifi dinner and then we transitioned <laughs> to how right i was about the speaker mm-hmm. this is one of the best segments we've ever done mike and thank you so much for being here today oh i thought hey, whatever i can do to help a, a brother so a uh, brother in christ so, mm-hmm. I love uh, uh, mike i'm back with you're the best thank you Hey, thanks, guys. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.